Hello and welcome to the Auto Chat Podcast. I'm Alistair Charlton, an automotive journalist, and I'm joined by my friend and fellow car enthusiast, George Turner. Hello. We didn't crash into each other this time. No. And we're back. We're back. After an unintentional break. <laughs> you could say it was like our summer break, it was on purpose. You know, we closed the studio for a week, let all the staff go home. Three weeks, perhaps. But yeah, we just... Um, we recorded an episode... I edited it and published it, and then I was driving down the A3. I was about to join the A3, in fact, and then a friend of ours texted me, and I have Siri play it out of the car, and it said how um, the latest episode of AutoChat is only George's audio. <laughs> so I pull over and delete it and realise that, yep, yeah, everything's gone. So I had to get rid of that episode. The famous lost episode. Yes. Well, Indeed, yeah. My, my uncle, who works in the theatre, always says... Always leave them wanting more. And uh, he's a terrible <laughs> anaesthetist, but... <laughs> well, that's exactly what we've done. And uh, we've, we've been inundated with emails and messages and direct messages saying, when's the next episode? By which I mean a colleague of yours said, are you still doing your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> so are you still doing that? Are <laughs> uh, we still doing it? Just technical issues. And then weddings. So many weddings. And then weddings, all of the weddings. You've had three, haven't you? It was three in two weeks, yeah. And I worked oh, out man. today, whilst bored at work, that I mm-hmm. did over a thousand miles just getting to the weddings and back. <laughs> so they they were at three opposite ends of the country. But... Mm. Good fun, though. It's good to Absolutely sort of be brilliant. back to normal and seeing friends and socialising and... Some normality. Good fun. They Some were normality, good. Yeah. And I'm back to work today. First time in seven months yeah. back at the airport. How did that feel? Yeah, it felt like I never left. Like the first mm. lockdown, you know, March to July last year, that felt like a long time. That was four months, and that felt like, yeah. you know, walking around the place going, whoa, whoa. Forgot what this... <laughs> and then today it's just like walking in like we hadn't left. I was like, oh, all right, mm. you know. <laughs> so, are there any flights really operating? I, I know we're sort of we're able to go abroad some places. Is yeah, it, it got busier? yeah, we did um, about 10 today, I think, mm. to the Canaries. There was, t- uh, well, the Balearic, sorry. Then there was Tenerife, yeah. Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, so not, not uh, by no means a, a full schedule, but yeah, we're doing yeah. some flights and they did have a reasonable amount of people on. So mm. it's good, good. Pe- people are getting out and flying again, hopefully. And Yeah, it, yeah. St- did you get to see any happy customers? Well, I can't really tell because they're all wearing masks. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Yep. But nobody ever looks happy after a four-hour flight. That's true. So, That's true. No one's happy at the airport. Um, yeah, and I think people seem pretty pretty jolly anyway. So hmm. that's good stuff. Good. So uh, where do we start with it? We, well, we, we did an episode. It's... The episode we lost, and we hmm. can't really remember what we talked about, so it couldn't have been that good. I feel that one day AutoChat will be so big that they'll find that recording in someone's attic and it'll, it'll be for auction somewhere at Sotheby's and raise a fortune. The lost episode. Mm. If only it was on tape. It's not. It's been deleted. <laughs> yeah, someone will find <laughs> it in a dumpster. <laughs> um, I can't remember. I was going to say briefly, it's incredibly warm today and it's very uncomfortable and I apologise if there's any strange background noise because windows and doors are all open. And the fan on my laptop is already sounding like it's about to take off. Yeah, I'm sitting by an open window. Uh, 
enjoying a nice cold delirium to sort of celebrate me first day. <laughs> straight straight in with the delirium first day back at work and yeah we actually got an air conditioning unit like a plug-in one i saw it on your instagram and we got that in the winter and last mm. night it was it was pretty pretty golden it paid for <laughs> itself in one night yeah i bet it did and you got it in the winter presumably because they're cheap in the winter that or they're i just assume that you probably can't get hold of one now because mm. of Brexit, COVID, and demand, so I could probably sell yeah. it if I, I could probably. You probably could. could yeah. Could, uh, make an absolute killing on it, but no, I want it. You, you... <laughs> <laughs> so next winter, buy two, and then yeah. sell them. Yeah, I just don't want to look at the electricity bill. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, you've. I guess you've probably had the the most bumper of. Well, I've been mm. to probably more weddings, but you've done more with cars. Yeah, it's been a really busy week and a bit, I think, or week. Um, yeah, so first was the Goodwood Festival of Speed. I had a Range Rover dropped off for that, which was lovely. And uh, you got to experience that a bit. Um, I, I drove that down to the Festival of Speed, and then I went and drove to the wedding and uh, shuttled you guys around and took took a couple of friends home again the next day. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was. Um, what were your thoughts on the, the Range Rover Westminster, it was called? Which yeah, it was a, a, a massive full fat range, which mm. I felt gave us some presence in that car park for the Airbnb because there was a few little cottages dotted around and the big old Westminster was sat there majestically with its new number plate <laughs> on it. And someone thought, oh, who's staying at that gaff, you know? There was a I Corsa thought, and a Clio next door, I think, wasn't there? I thought it was very nice in there. Absolutely mm. the perfect car to be driven to a wedding in. Spacious, airy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of comfort and features. I think my mm. my problem with the Range Rover is it should have seven seats, really. my I just feel like that's where yeah, that's it a... would come down for me. I'd, that's where the Discovery pips it, in my opinion. I was about to say, yeah, that's the Discovery's USP, isn't it? I feel Land Rover sort of corned the Discovery and sort of put it out of the market a little bit. It sort of cannibalised it by offering the Range Rover for luxury and the Defender for everything else and it leaves the Discovery sort of a little bit lost I think because the Defender has stepped up market and I'm pretty sure it can be had with seven seats so mm, leaves the Discovery on its own a little bit yeah but uh, I mean you know if you want a a massive sort of high presence car that gives you a lot of you know who's this coming up then certainly I mean I followed you back in it and even mm. and that took off fairly fairly well at occasions, and I was like, "Cool, look at that go!" You know, it just looked like a big lump to be <laughs> yeah, sort of flying along. It looks like, like I'm um, taking a, a member of the royal family out of a tricky situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> avoid tunnels, no, but uh... <laughs> no, it's uh, it was good. I enjoyed having it, and uh, thank you very much, JLR, for lending that. And the reason they lent it to me was because I was being hosted by JLR at the Goodwood Festival of Speed. They said, you know, for the full experience, we'll send you a car. And, um, yeah, so I was down there Friday evening at, at their own accommodation, which they'd sort of taken over a, a holiday cottage business, basically. There's, I think, six or so little holiday apartments, and they'd added a couple of motorhomes to it as well and put a big sort of yurt-type structure in the garden with barbecue and... Yeah, there's music and drinks and a vat of gin. Too much gin. <laughs> too much gin. Far, far too much gin. 
uh, out of practice with the free bars, as another journalist said. Oh, yeah, goodness me. So I went with a, a mutual friend of ours and, yeah, picked him up from work. In an F-Pace SVR, they had a range of cars to pick from. And um, I thought, I'll go and get that because it's a giggle. Yeah, picked him up and, um, yeah, they just uh, the, the, the lovely staff at JLR, the lovely PRs, they just kept filling the glasses up. And yes, it was uh, it was the night of a dozen gins. I think it was it was quite something. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good fun. And, um, you, and you actually made it to Festival of Speed on Saturday. Just about yes. Um, <laughs> my first day at Goodwood this year involved um, pulling into a layby to let my friend get out and be sick into a bush um, because of too much gin. But yeah, we got there and uh, it was it was good. Yeah, it was one of these government test events, so I think it was 75% capacity, and um, yeah, I was there with the with JLR, so I got the hospitality and was able to sit under a shelter, because it rained quite a lot, sort of on and off all day, which um, sort of puts you off wanting to walk around too much, because obviously it's a huge site, uh, it got quite muddy, but yeah, it was good, it was, it was nice just to see everyone, you know, popped around all the stands of the staff that I know, and yeah, said hello, and... Yeah, it was it was good. Didn't really see much of the hill climb or <laughs> much of what was going on. Um, it was just nice to be out and about. Well, I guess it's a a good day to network, isn't it, for you? Mm. And I'm taking it that the stop for a vomit was nothing to do with the ride comfort of the Westminster, more to do with the <laughs> the gin. Well, <laughs> the, um, he did blame the vibrations of the car. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely the vibrations of the car, apparently, um, which I'm calling total bullshit on. One of the waftiest uh, it cars. Was, it was exactly, exactly. Um, yes, it was the gin, I'm afraid. But good job it was in the bush and not in the footwell or <laughs> over the dashboard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was, it was a good day out. There's, there's not really much to say about good festival speed. It's sort of. It is a motor show. All the manufacturers, quite a few manufacturers this year were there. Just with their new cars, you go along, you have a look. Um, it is an opportunity to sell for a lot of manufacturers. Um, but there's there's plenty of stuff there. You know, you're sort of walking around and you'll hear an old F1 car screaming its way up the hill or you'll see uh, Terry Grant doing donuts or driving a car up the hill on two wheels on its side. Um, there's, there was an air show. Um, we, we weren't invited to the ball afterwards, but the Who were playing. Um, so it's it's a hell of an event, and um, yeah, it was good fun. So it always looks busy. I mean, I've never been. I, I said it. I think I said this on the lost episode that you know it's kind of been one of them things. Festival of Speed that's always escaped me every mm. year, um, and I would like to go, but it does seem like it's uh, there's a lot going on and almost too much to see in a day. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there is so much. It's a huge site as well. They do have tractors ferrying people around, but yeah, there's a lot there. Um, we saw a, a man in a jet suit flying around. Um, what else? Saw the Valkyrie, Aston Martin Valkyrie driving around. Um, yeah, it was good. Bumped into David Richards of ProDrive and his wife and had a chat. I, this helped that I was walking around with Jason Barlow, who knows absolutely everyone, and he was um, stopping for a, for a chinwag. With everyone we walked past. But, uh, what did what did yeah, DR was... have to say for himself? Oh, not a lot to be honest. Just saying it was lovely to be out and talking to people. And Max and I sort of very awkwardly had a chat with his wife about the same thing about how lovely it was. And um, Max had no idea who he was, so well, the conversation good... didn't go very far. Well, it's probably better <laughs> that I wasn't there because I'd have been talking to his wife about the 
you know, kind of pro drive Mondeos from the late nineties, early two thousands. Probably not interesting. <laughs> of course, <laughs> she might well be. I've no idea. I've no In idea. Old Mondeos. <laughs> that is good. Um, I can't think of much else that happened there. We just um, oh, I got told off for not paying for a drink because we've been into the hospitality bit with our wristbands and everything. And uh, you took the yeah, hospitality too far. Took it too far. Yeah, we ordered a. a glass of champagne for myself and because why not and uh i don't know what my friend ordered coke i think and i took them off the bar and they go no sorry so you got to pay for those i was like oh, shit okay um and then we couldn't find where the free bar was for quite a long time but uh, yeah you yeah. were at weatherspoons in chichester but <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why they didn't accept a wristband i don't understand what was going on <laughs> yeah oh, well. good time was had yeah and then we we did uh an amazing wedding in somerset Stayed up till three in the morning, dancing, which was epic. Silent discos are always quite funny, aren't they? You take your headphones off and it's just a room full of really bad singing. Yeah, well, I took some videos. You know when you take a video and you forget you take Mm. a video? And then I watched it back (laughs) at the weekend. Yep. And it was weird because there's no music. So everyone's just dancing and doing terrible singing to no music. (laughs) And it's just strange. But yeah, there was a silent disco. Yeah. To uh, not not annoy any of the neighbours, although I don't think it was very silent. Uh, went on no, till late. The singing was quite loud. <laughs> I yeah. went on to another wedding up in Congleton, which was mm. equally as as good. Plenty of drinking and dancing. And then it was the British Grand Prix weekend, mm. and you was busy all over again. Yeah, it was yeah two events or two invitations came up in really short notice uh first was to go to aston martin's f1 facility which is just next to the circuit uh on the thursday to go and see valhalla their new hybrid supercar um they announced this name at least um a couple of years ago at geneva i think it was geneva 2019 so start of 2019 uh, and the car features in its concept form in the new bond film um when that eventually arrives um, so they've they've kept the Valhalla name and its sort of general ethos, but it's changed quite a lot visually, and and they're going to make it. It's what they showed on Thursday was um, pretty much you know production um, ready, I suppose, or it will be in a couple of years' time. Production representative, I guess. Um, yeah, it looks fantastic. It's sort of dubbed the son of Valkyrie, so Valkyrie being their sort of two million quid V twelve powered uh, Adrian Newey designed car. Um, hypercar and this is more um, sensible is not the right word but it's um, it's 950 horsepower hybrid uh, twin turbo V8 about 600,000 pounds I think they haven't set a price just yet but they sort of nodded nodded at about 600,000 and probably around a thousand units to be built 2023 and 2024 and it looks awesome I love it It have you seen it? yeah yeah I I saw the pictures that you put up and uh, yeah, it does sound like a, a piece of kit, kind of a flagship car that actually you can mm. buy. Yeah, got yeah, they've said it won't be grand. limited run at all. It will be they'll produce it, and however many they can produce in two years is what they'll do. And so, yeah, it did looks you good. know that Valhalla is uh, a Norse mythology term meaning Hall of the Slain? It's where those who die in combat go when they die ah no i didn't because people is that say a suitable see you... name for a car i don't people want to say... die in valhalla 
people say see you in Valhalla and it's like a mm. well, yeah it's interesting there was a but... Mad Max film was the Mad Max film called Road to Valhalla or something Might like that mm. I'm not a big fan of it well, I've never either, watched it but I just the cars aren't real so yeah, yeah. nah <laughs> you know and they I'm just like. seem to drive a long way in one direction turn around and drive the other way in a, for a very long time um, and yeah in these slightly daft cars that Aston Martin complex near Silverstone, mm. would that have been where I went to tour the Force India factory a few years ago? It probably was, yes. Yeah, I didn't really take it in. It's it's right at the main entrance to the circuit, to yeah, Silverstone. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. opposite the main entrance. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, it must uh-huh. be a, I believe it was Jordan originally. It's the same premises. Yeah, Jordan, Force India. Mm. Racing point, I guess. I've forgotten you'd had a tour there. I you did. won that, didn't you? I won that in a go-kart race, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was, you know, standard factory tour. Held mm. some trophies, looked at some cars, <laughs> looked at some rooms with people, computers. Mm. <laughs> that sounds like every F1 factory I've been to. <laughs> I always find them a little bit underwhelming. I don't know why. You walk around and like, oh, it's just, it's just a factory. It's just a building and with a few rooms. With, it looks a little bit like the kind of thing that I saw at college in my engineering course I think at the time it was like more computers. This, is, this is VJ Malia's chair this is VJ Malia's desk <laughs> no there was no tour I'm afraid um, there was a, a Covid test we were allowed to park up do our Covid test in our car and um, <laughs> there was a phone number to call if you're positive I'm not sure what they did with you at that point but uh, yeah took the test dropped it off went in and it was sort of a big outdoor structure they'd built and they had it was really nicely done, actually. Lots of uh, cars dotted around, a couple of F1 cars from the Aston team. Um, they had the Goldfinger Edition DB5 that they're making at the moment. Yeah, the, the newly built DB5 with all the gadgets, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is always always fun to see. Um, and yeah, and then Valhalla, which was presented to us by Mr. Stroll, and uh, Nico Hulkenberg was there to, for a little uh, a tour um, of the car. Yeah, looks good. Went down well. Everyone liked it. They're looking at a Nürburgring lap time of 6 minutes 30. And I wasn't really up to speed with Nürburgring lap time. So I thought, okay, that sounds good. But it is bloody good um, if they can achieve that. It's sort of 10 seconds up on a 911 GT2 RS, 30 seconds up on a 488 Pista. And I think relevant to you because you're familiar with McLaren 12C. It's a minute quicker than a 12C. Well, Shit. that's what they hope anyway. So. <laughs> oh, i tell you what. That's quite something. Mentioning the 12C... Going off topic. Yep. The prom got cancelled. Oh no! Did we talk about this last in the last episode or the? I might have been the one before. One. But I, I got asked to drive someone to the prom in a McLaren mm. 12C, which I was looking forward to. And that was going to be tomorrow night. The weather mm. was looking awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the prom got cancelled because of COVID. So. Oh no! I've well, how come? Got... It's it, but it's Freedom Day. Everything should be fine. Yeah. They they cancelled it apparently, so no evening in a McLaren for me. That's a shame. Although no saying no, watch what watch this to your passenger. <laughs> no awkward conversation with a sixteen year old girl either, so <laughs> hello. <laughs> I am a very old man <laughs> to take you to your prom. <laughs> Would you like to learn all about the twin turbocharged V eight? <laughs> so yeah, don't get that opportunity's gone. 
That's a shame. So, but I'm sure <laughs> see, I'll get to drive the car again at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will. Um, so, yeah, you did that. Where did you stay? Somewhere nice? Um, yeah, I, I, I can't remember what it was called. About half an hour away, I found a hotel that had a room available. Apparently, I was asking... I was talking to reception, and apparently um, Pirelli had booked it, but then they didn't need as many rooms as they thought, so that's how I got one cheap with sort of two days' notice. That's pretty handy. Which I was very pleased with. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, went there and interviewed Valtteri Bottas, <laughs> which I'd forgotten about, actually, until we just started recording. Um, it was a Zoom call with him uh, on the Thursday evening, which was good. Um, I need to well, listen well. back to it. And yeah, it was it was okay. Yeah, he looked a little bit like he was sort of held there, sort of against his will, um, <laughs> in the way he'd been framed. <laughs> He's sort of in the camera was a little bit too high, and he looked like he was in a very small box. Um, but yeah, it was fine. It was all right. Um, I was told I couldn't ask anything about what he's doing next season. Um, so of course, the rumours were that George Russell would be announced um, as a Mercedes driver for next year. That hasn't happened just yet, has it? But yeah, that was that was strictly uh, not to be spoken about. Um, but it was okay. It was more of a lifestyle chat. We chatted about his childhood, his karting, how he got into motorsport, because he's not from a motorsport family at all. Um, his national service he did, because it's still compulsory in Finland. Um, yeah, it was all right. It was okay. I asked to record it for the podcast and they said no, <laughs> which was a shame. Yeah, well, it sounds like you came up with some good questions for him anyway, and I'm sure you'll do an article somewhere which we can post. Yeah, that'll be on Forbes, where uh, most of my automotive stuff is at the moment. I think they must have seen the Jensen Button piece and wanted something similar with Valtteri. So, yeah, that'll be on Forbes in a few days. Excellent. And then you was, you were Paddock Club. Yes, Paddock on Club. On Friday. On Friday, I was. Very, very fortunate to be invited by Ineos, so um, sponsor of Mercedes. Yeah, went along to Silverstone with my... A uh, special sticker on the car windscreen that got me right to the, the wing complex, right in the heart of the circuit. Straight into Paddock Club. Um, yeah. It's a strange thing, that, because I looked it up and my ticket would have been about £1,000 for the Friday. <laughs> and for Saturday, Sunday, it's about 3500 But I think everyone there is, because they've been invited through a sponsor. I, I'm not sure if many people would have actually paid to be there. Um, but it's, it's pretty so cool. Did- it's like... Describe it to us. What is the paddock club experience like? So you go in and it's like um, an upmarket sort of holiday complex. Or not holiday complex. It's like a... It's almost like a pool a party. Like the ca- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've undersold that massively. It's more like what I imagine sort of uh, a hotel in Vegas in the summer to be like. Like pool party type vibe. You know, lots of, sort of, uh, lots of sofas and bars and big TVs and music blaring and little dance floor. And everyone's just sort of swanning around in a pretty good mood. Um, and it just happens to be right next to the racetrack. You know, the first corner is sort of right there. Um, so you can sit in a sofa with a glass of champagne watching on a huge TV. Um, but have the cars, you know, 100 feet away. Um, so pretty cool, pretty cool experience. Uh, and then when you go inside, if you're there with a sponsor, then you get to go to that relevant team's sort of own hospitality bit uh, in the wing in the main uh, building at Silverstone at the start finish straight. And so I went down to Mercedes and they've got, again, lots of nice seating and big TVs and lots of, sort of trophies and memorabilia and stuff dotted around. Uh, and then each of these rooms has access to the balcony 
that overlooks the pit lane, which I'm sure you see on the TV coverage. So, yeah, it was good. Prime position, really. I think we once blagged our way up there mm. during that yeah, we did. wet race we watched back in 2011. That was a long time we, ago, wasn't it? We sort of yeah. talked our way up there. So I remember yep. hanging over that balcony over the pit lane. Yes, Quite yeah, we did. That was I so, had one hospitality ticket, but the ticket also came with a lanyard. And somehow between those two things, we got four people in, I think. And then we went for a run around in the pit down. lane. <laughs> <laughs> I can't re- quite remember what we did there. Did you... I think you went to go to the toilet or something and brought the lanyard back out. And because you'd made a note of talking to the guy at the door, you were allowed back in again without the lanyard. Something like that. can't remember. Um, we, were, we were young. It was... We don't do, don't do that anymore. <laughs> well... It's certainly not the British Grand Prix anyway. <laughs> I, well, no. <laughs> I, um, there's a friend of ours was there and she had paddock club but not uh hospitality and yeah we were able to sneak her and her parents into mercedes sort of towards the end of the day um but uh yeah, and it was, it was good mercedes fun. lay good. on a bit of grub and drink i'm imagining like yes, a hearty yeah. german beer with sausages and <laughs> no no you'd, no you'd be completely wrong no it's the absolute opposite it was Caviar. um <laughs> not quite it was god there was there was so much food sort of Know, five six courses it was all sort of you know tiny little food it was almost canapé but not quite came out of plate so we were sat down bold food in the in the industry bowl food bowl yeah. food where you, you have to hold a bowl in one hand and you have a little spoon in the other yep 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 that's about it yeah yeah a couple of the courses did come in bowls um all forks no knives at all and one of the courses was steak which made things a little bit difficult um but uh, yeah it was good i was sat with johnny smith um, car pervert and uh, he's brilliant what what a fun guy he is he's uh, you see where he gets our his ideas from for their podcast <laughs> yeah, exactly podcast. <laughs> I think they have more listeners but I think so I think a couple have defected perhaps and that's why they're ahead of us but uh, yeah uh, yeah he's 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 great fun Johnny he's really really good fun and we were we were chatting all sorts of nonsense and every time something came up that was funny he was getting his phone out and taking notes so there might be a couple of things that I recognise in their next podcast. I can't remember what That's it was. That's what I now. need to do. That's what we need to do, mate. Go to these. We events. need to write stuff down. <laughs> Whenever someone makes a funny quip. Yeah. <laughs> See, they present it like it's off the cuff, but if they talk about what was it? The lack of knives and the fact that there was some kind of knife amnesty at Silverstone one year, and that's why they all went missing. And Valtteri turned up with one in his back. And then they were all <laughs> melted down for some reason. <laughs> Can't remember why. Um, we, all, we then progressed to if N, if F one drivers went onto Love Island, um, and the only other person or the only other set of sort of contestants were like F one super fans, and they all had to pair up. Um, and how that would be a strange watch. Um, oh, and I was. <laughs> I was how much drink had you lot had? <laughs> <laughs> none, none. No, we were all completely sober. They were trying to get us absolutely trolled. Um, I, I, I don't know if they just assume everyone there is chauffeured or helicoptered in. But yeah, they just kept trying to offer drinks. We're like, no, I'm, I'm driving and it's a really hot day. I don't want to sit here drinking wine with lunch and then have to sober up and drive home. Um, so no, no, we were completely sober. Um, and I think I was... We, we were discussing how it's impossible to eat the food because we only had forks. And I think I just, I just sort of stabbed the steak and just sort of picked it up and said it's a, a steak lolly or something, which sounds a little bit... Uh, euphemistic um, so 
So I think unintended steak lolly might be uh, might be something that Johnny wrote down. Steak but, yeah. lolly. Steak lolly. Playing in session this evening. Unintended steak lolly. Yeah. There you go. But <laughs> and it was it was really good fun. It was a great day, and um, it's a lot louder than you think. Formula One. It, the oh, current, you know, hybrid era. Because they say how you know rubbish it sounds on the TV. It does sound a bit crap, but it's way louder in person. And you, you know, you can smell it, and it's just much more visceral. Even just you know, hearing the the, the um, tire guns in the pit lane, it just makes it feel much much more involving somehow. Even though you don't just, really know what's going on, unless you can see yeah, a screen. Yeah, you can only you can only see a portion, a small portion of it. Yeah, I mean, we we did Belgium twenty eighteen, so we've I've heard the turbo hybrid cars. Mm. And actually, what I thought was they were loud enough without being ear piercing. Yeah. I imagine the the ones in the nineties and the, the the V10s and that sort mm. of era probably blew your eardrums out repeatedly. Yeah. So well, perhaps when we left Goodwood the other week, we'd been chauffeured back to the the car park, which was I don't know if you know the area particularly well, but once you've left the circuit, you go up the hill to where the the horse race course is. The car park was there, and as we were getting into the Range Rover, we could hear an F1 car going up the hill, which is quite a long way away through a you know through a wood. Um, so yeah, those those V10s are properly loud. So um, no, it's it's a uh, more comfortable volume certainly. And at one point, you sent me a picture of your view, and I said, "Oh, you've got a good view. You're right at the front." And you said, "Well, there's like a grandstand bit, but everyone's just in the bar and dancing." Mm. So was there like an <laughs> element of some hangers-on are not massively interested in the sport; they're just there for a, a jolly, or yeah, were people genuinely so. interested? I think inevitably with these things, that there's going to be some of that. It's like you know, you watch the football, and if it's a particularly big match, you'll see after half time that the you know the people who are in the box haven't actually come back to their seats. And it's a little bit like that. I felt a bit hated being up on that balcony because there's a grandstand opposite us of people who paid for tickets and were unsheltered and they were in the baking sun all day. And they probably looked across at us, taking photos every so often and leaning over the balcony and thinking, oh, do you really care? You're there for free. You're there, you know, through work. Um, so, yeah, maybe you miss out a little bit on the sort of the pure, the, you know, the purist's uh, view of Silverstone. Um, which I got a little bit of a snapshot of, you know, just arriving at the circuit and you know, people are streaming in, the fans are all excited. And on the way out, I drove through one of the campsites to get out and it felt like such a great atmosphere. Friday evening, everyone's eating and drinking and you, you miss that aspect completely when you're there at someone else's expense. Well, I, I certainly liked Friday evening qualifying. I thought it was quite nice. The sun was setting. Mm. Oh, yes, it was beautiful. The, just, I think. I mean, I don't work a normal job, so to speak. But there's something nice about Friday afternoon, finish work, go home, crack open a beer, and watch the qualifying. Mm. And and even if there wasn't a sprint race on on Saturday, because quite often Saturdays are a day where I'm busy or people are busy. It's like, oh, Saturday mm. we're doing this, we're going there. And often you end up missing qualifying because Saturday's just a busy day. Mm. So. Even without the sprint race, the qualifying on a Friday evening, I could I could get used to. I think so, yeah. And I think, yeah, like I say, even if the sprint race didn't happen, moving qualifying to the evening makes perfect sense. I think this whole play is just to get it uh, on television at a better time of day. And so that um, broadcasters, terrestrial broadcasters, might be interested in picking it up again and paying for it live. Because, yeah, I think qualifying on a Friday evening is perfect. I mean, obviously it only works for European countries. But... This is true, yeah. 
yeah, it was, that, that was quite nice, really. Mm. Sitting there on Friday evening, enjoying that, just after I had my COVID jab, actually. <laughs> oh, right. I got back just in time. <laughs> uh, luckily, had absolutely nil side effects. Oh, good. Which one did you that have? Was, that's that's the only topic, uh, the only question I've got. <laughs> Pfizer. Pfizer. I had a Pfizer, and just after I come out, because I was a bit, I was a bit, you know, not not worried about having it, but you know, worried about the after effects. Yeah, you might have a bad and, night's uh, sleep. The, the, the chap in front of me sat down. You know, we have to you have to sit for fifteen minutes, don't you? And they oh, were very strict there. on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they said, if you've uh, walked there, they don't care. You can go and pass out on the pavements; it's not their problem. Right. Well, you, where I went, you can't really walk to. It's kind of in the middle of a right. dual carriageway. So, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it would be that, particularly and, bad if you did go and collapse outside. The, the chap said, he, "He said, oh, set a timer for fifteen minutes, and I've got one of them old Casio watches. So I just set, you yeah. know, I just started the stopwatch. Mm. He was like, no, no, it needs to be on your phone when the bleeper goes off. I was like, oh, really? So that's it. There was, uh, you know, oh, so what, young lad. One of the one of the members of staff or the volunteers told you to do that. Yeah, yeah. He said I need the alarm yeah, to right. beep, so then I can come over and tell you to go. You know, I was like, okay, right. okay. Don't worry, Ken. His yeah, name is okay. Ken. <laughs> and uh, but then the chap sitting next to me, big, big, young sort of, but big, bigger chap. You know, sort of mm. this kind of bloke you wouldn't you wouldn't mess with. Mm. He uh, he had a bit of a reaction to it and was laying on the oh, floor and did he? you know, what the hell in a state they had to call over a matron to wheel him to sick bay and hmm. I was like bloody hell if I'd have seen that before I come in I might have not <laughs> yes. might have walked straight out but but thankfully I got through the weekend fine was good met with friends drank ate worked so yeah. got lucky there anyway yeah, so we should probably stick with the British Grand Prix well I, I was going to say very quickly on the Friday evening just to finish this day off um, I'm sat in oh, the queue yeah trying to leave it took two and a half hours to get out of the circuit <laughs> well, it, unless... you said a minute ago you said oh i drove straight in and i drove straight well, exactly. up to the wing and i thought exactly. that they were not preparing you for what was coming no. afterwards you're you're so far into the circuit by that point yeah everyone else is going to get out before you it was horrendous qualifying was six till seven i was in my car by quarter past Thought, I better put some more sun cream on because I'm going to have the roof down. I might be in traffic for a bit, you know, stationary. And, well, it had gone dark and I had the heating on by the time I got out. <laughs> it was it was a long, long way. To go about a mile, it was, yeah, a couple of hours, two and a half hours. In the end, they took I us through the campsite because I think the road had closed. I think we're especially shit in this country at getting people out of large events, especially with cars. And because oh, they're often like, in the middle of nowhere, aren't they? Silverstone, there is no like train or anything bus. Nah. You, you know, I, I compare it to, say, like Wembley the other week. Was it sixty thousand mm. fans, and mm. they've got all manner of public transport to get out of Wembley, yeah. and that still takes a while, I assume. And then with Silverstone, yeah. you've got like double the fans, all <laughs> in cars, <laughs> tr- trying to get onto awful A roads and B yeah. roads. Yeah, the road network is really good, actually. The way it was signposted, I'd noticed that when the event is finished all the local roads go one way and turn into two one-way lanes. And some of the two-lane roads turn into three. So I think getting out, once you're on the road, it's fine. It was just getting out of the circuit. It was just, it was horrendous. At one point, uh, a drunk guy just got in my car. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. What was that all about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Obviously, everyone who's walking past you is pissed because they're going back to the campsite, which I was quite envious about after about an hour. And... Uh, yeah, this guy comes up to me on the right. So obviously, I'm sat in a convertible with the roof and the hood down, so I feel quite, you know, exposed. And this guy comes up to me, and he's clearly 
hammered. He's like, oh, I had a good day, you know, it's been fun. And um, he was in a bus apparently trying to get out and he'd given up and got out of the bus and was walking. And then his mate just gets in the car and he's like, oh, here he goes, look at him, here he goes. And he gets in. He's like, oh, this is nice. I was like, yeah, 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 cool. And I can't remember, we just chatted <laughs> shit for a couple of minutes. He went to get out and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to take a photo with you because this is quite funny. And um, yeah, that's what that was. <laughs> Cause, absolute cause I, rogue just got in my car for a sit down I got pissed at Le Mans and hitchhiked hitched a lift back to our campsite but <laughs> yeah, I I mean, he wasn't even getting this. a lift back to his campsite he was just <laughs> no, sitting down no, no, no. no he was having a little sit down and then no doubt beat me to wherever he was going because when we were in Le Mans is huge obviously so to get from mm. like the, the paddock to Arnage is I don't know you took, sort of turned left at Spain and <laughs> right at Italy so we were walking back and I was just had my thumb out and I was just going oh no <laughs> and then one one French bloke I think he worked he worked for Michelin or Shell or someone mm. he pulled up and we got in his car and he didn't speak English and we didn't speak much French mm. but we were just going oh no <laughs> okay I know I know where you want to go and I think I'm I think I was talking to him about French. I think he was in like a Citroen. I was like, ah, oh, Citroen mm. is oh, <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Très bon. <laughs> Wee. And he was just there like, oh, British tourists. <laughs> it's a friendly crowd though, isn't it, leaving a motorsport event, I feel. It's, um, yeah, you, you know motorsport yeah, Everyone, everyone cool. was in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. There's no real... Um, no one really picks a side, do they, and sort of defends it to the death. It's quite a lot of neutrals, and everyone sort of respects each other. And so, yeah, I didn't mind. I don't know, mate. Look at, the, in my car. look at the last weekend. Yes. Uh... No, I put my foot in that, haven't I? At least that was my impression on Friday. Things changed a bit on Sunday. Yeah, so British Grand Prix, the sprint race happened. Mm. Uh, I didn't expect much. We got a race. It was no more special or unspecial than any I other haven't race, seen in it. my opinion. I haven't seen it, and I've heard everyone give the same review and thought, I won't bother. It it was a race, you know, there was some good overtakes and close mm. racing and a little bit of strategy, you know, it was like a Grand Prix mm. condensed into 17 laps. Mm. I think, you Is know, the spectators... Is it 100 kilometres? Yeah. yeah. Right. So the, the spectators right. got more bang for their buck, the, the viewing yeah. public on TV got an extra race for the weekend, uh, which That's was no quite bad nice thing. on a Saturday afternoon, you know, we we yeah. were having a few drinks and we watched it outside in my back garden mm. I just think if they were trying to make it more exciting they kind of didn't but if they just wanted mm. to give us more racing then they did yeah you know I'm still very much I'd like to see them try something like what they do in touring cars with the weight mm, with success you know, add a bit of a, but what I my, my thought on this was because obviously the designers go to great lengths to design these cars, dirty da mm. so adding a load of weight to it probably isn't mm. going to please them too much. But I thought, well, if it's a 17-lap race and all these cars have a 100-litre fuel tank... Yeah, 110 kilos, I think. So yeah, about or whatever it was, kilos, litres, yeah. 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 Don't know what the, the density is. I think um, it's just because it changes with heat that they go with kilos. The volume changes so with heat, I just, but yeah. I just thought, if we're doing a 100-kilometre race, why don't you give... The, the bottom 10 cars half a tank mm, or however much mm. they need to get through and then make the front cars fill up to the brim you know and yeah. that's your that's a really good idea because then you're not you're not stepping outside the tolerances of what the car has been designed for like you would be with putting the cars on. are designed to run full and empty in the fuel tank yeah. so yeah yeah 
you know, give 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 maybe champ top guys in the championship take a full tank and then it gets decreasingly less by I don't know I think that's 10 a really good idea. or ten kilos. And then that you know then that the the guys in that sprint race, the guys from the back have got a chance to come forward and challenge. Yeah. yeah. And you might see someone else. I know Russell came I think ninth. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I think that's a great idea. Struggles on a Sunday; it's just not not a Sunday just car. It? So it's a, it, he's brilliant it's in qualifying, isn't he? <laughs> it just uh, the Sabbath is not a day for for putting your back out for Williams. <laughs> he qualified seventh and finished ninth, and then mm, sat mm. for the entire two hours on Sunday down in about fourteenth. Yes. So yeah, sprint race happened. Then the race on Sunday was a big talking point, and actually going into mm. work this morning. Lots of people were talking to me about it because right. they kind of know that like, that's my whole thing, and I'm like, "Well, yeah. racing incident." I agree. Yeah, my dad called me up to ask my opinion earlier, and I said, "Yeah, I think it's a racing incident." What I think it is, and I'm stealing this point off someone on Twitter. I can't remember who. We're so used to seeing DRS overtakes where it's just done on the straight and it's done way before the breaking point. It's done before the corner. So when we actually see some close racing. I don't know, it just it catches us out a bit. We're like, oh, oh, that shouldn't happen. Well, it does. Like, people fight for positions. And I know it was at a really fast corner, and I think that's probably what everyone is um, up in arms about. But it just happens, doesn't it? It was a racing incident. It was the first lap. They were going at it all lap, and then the inevitable happened. But I, I don't think I can blame you for Well, them. as they went into, is it bridge, the corner, before they get to that bit? Um, I know it's it's cops, isn't it? The corner where it was, the old first so corner. The, the, pretty much the corner before that. Yeah. The, I mean, they'd run each other. They'd almost touched on all mm. eight of the corners before the ninth <laughs> one. Yep. And I actually said before this happened, I said Max is giving him. He's not going to give this up. Mm. He, he's gonna. They're gonna have an accident before he yes. gives this up. And at the next corner, exactly that happened. Yeah. So they. I just felt like they were running each other ragged on every corner. Max yeah. was given absolutely no quarters anywhere because yeah. even even at turn one, a lesser driver or someone without that, you know, if that had been Leclerc or someone who's not worried someone about... Someone without you that know, aggression, perhaps, they would have seen they would have the, just the, given it a bigger up. picture. There would have been two or three mm. times in that first lap that they would have just given it up and gone, OK, yeah. oh, wow, OK. But, but so you win this battle, but I'll try again later, or my strategy is going to. He was very bring me much. Back into it. I've got championship advantage. You're mm. not coming past me. We're, if you're going to come past me, we're going to tangle. Mm. He gave Hamilton enough room on that inside, but he only gave him enough room. So mm. if he's going anywhere near slightly too quick around that corner, or just misses the apex, or isn't hugging the apex enough. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't want to overanalyze it too much, but I just thought I, I immediately thought, well, race incident. Yeah. I, Other people I agree. have different views which they're entitled to. But I, I think, you know, Formula One is opening up to a bigger mm. audience. Mm. And with that having watched it for a number of years, I see those sort of things as yeah, that's racing, that happens. Yeah. Perhaps the newer viewers see, Oh, a takeout, a takeout, there's gotta be a punishment, there's gotta mm. be a Someone's to blame. There seems <laughs> to be, a lot, be. Of, a lot of penalties be being given out lately for mm. just racing. And I thought yeah. Austria was a bad example of that. Yeah. When they were giving out penalties for just people mm. having a go. And you think, well, 
Yeah. You can't moan that nobody ever takes, and then when someone tries it, you give them a penalty, you know? Yeah. So but I think what the penalty did for Hamilton on Sunday is it gave us, the, the viewers, a race, because yeah, had he yeah. not have had that 10-second penalty, he might have just romped it. That would be off, wouldn't but it? But as it, as it was, it put him back a bit. He had to fight forward. He overtook Leclerc on the second to last lap. The crowd went yeah. wild. Yeah. At oh, that corner know, again, wasn't it? gave us a spectacle. Yeah, same, yeah. same corner. And he, I think he got someone else there as well, because one of the arguments was, oh, you, you can't overtake that. You're not supposed to. But he did it three times. And there was a, there was a few other bits going on in that race. I was thinking, to like looking at it a bit more today, and they, they pitted Perez, didn't they? Yes. Took him down yeah. to try and take that fastest lap point, mm, mm. which yeah. is a bizarre. That well, that because was Perez because he wouldn't have picked up a point. He just takes it away because he was outside the top ten, wasn't he? It just it doesn't get given to the second fastest. So some interesting tactics there. A friend of ours texted and said it was uh, ultimate shithousery from uh, Red Bull. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit. And um, Christian Horner, I quite like the guy, but he's been incredibly vocal about it. And the, the the language he's using almost suggests that it was malicious. And I feel that becomes something very different if you're saying, oh yeah, Lewis did it on purpose. No, of course he didn't intend to cause a very high-speed accident. No one does. So, yeah, I, I feel I mean, that... You can, you, you can tell when somebody's... You can tell when somebody's literally swerved into someone and took them mm. out. Mm. Um... I would probably say Senna Prost whenever that mm-hmm. was, when he just cut yep. across him. You know, it's such a plain and obvious takeout. Is that the first <laughs> corner probably... at uh, Brazil? Suzuka. Was it? Suzuka, that's right. They came together and in it, Brazil towards yeah, the end of the lap, what, didn't was they? Was it 1990 or something? It was... I think so, yeah. Prost was in a Ferrari at the time, I think. So, oh, pardon me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Delirium. <laughs> oh, this is this is an ale I'm on now. So well, it's not an ale, craft beer. All right. A bit, a bit hoppy, a bit hoppy. Apologies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I think they, uh, Ricardo had a good race finally. Alonso he did, had yeah, a good race. he needed it. Yep. Who didn't? They didn't. You know, right, Ricardo didn't get much of a mention, but he sort mm. of beavered away, came fifth. Mm. Shame that McLaren bodged up Norris's first stop because oh, that yeah. might yeah. have cost him a podium. Yeah. But I just don't think that McLaren's quite good enough to beat the Mercs. No, it's not quite Bulls. that, is it? It's, isn't it good, though, to see McLaren are best of the rest, pretty much? Considering yeah, where Norris, they were Norris five is years third ago. In the, I think Norris is third in the championship now, which is just through sheer yeah. grinding just out fourth, finishing fifth, third. Exactly, yeah. Just off the just podium most weekends. Yeah. Yeah, he's done bloody well. So there we go. That's 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 the British Grand Prix. Good track. <laughs> I do enjoy it. It is a good track. It's proper, isn't it? It's high speed are... and it's yeah, it's proper track. The opening laps of both the sprint race and the Sunday race were really good in terms of how close they were getting and mm. the way you can kind of tee up moves and you're on the inside for one corner, then the outside, and then you can yeah, yeah it was just. It's good to watch you, that You don't track, lose the so. position and never get it back, do you? You can lose the position and then think, right, okay, I'll be tactical for the next couple of corners and potentially get it back again. It's, it's such a marquee event, and I'm mm. glad it's in this country and it gets a huge... And I'm glad there was crowds allowed this year because I'm yeah. sure everyone that went had an amazing time, even if they were just yeah. sat baking in the sun all weekend. <laughs> and my God, it was hot. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, no, it was good. I enjoyed it. I'll have to catch up on the sprint race. If you know, the first couple of laps were half decent, I'll I'll have to give that a go. Yeah, they, you know, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything different. It was just mm. another race. It was just short. They're doing two more of them, aren't they, in the season? I don't know if they've said where yet. I can't think where. I, I don't just know remember if said. it was British Grand Prix, and I was like, okay, well, yeah. I look forward to that. I watched it on Channel Four for a change. And they had Tom Cruise playing a very active role. Um, I don't know if you saw this at all. They had a... God, it felt is like this, a five-minute long friend of VT. the show? Friend, yeah. <laughs> As they tweeted him. Yeah, yeah. Friend of the show, Tom. Um, they did a... It felt like a five- or six-minute VT shot at Silverstone with himself, um, Mark Webber, DC. Was there someone else? Oh, and the presenter, Steve Jones, is it? Was in one of the passenger seats. They were all, all in 911 GT3s. And it was sort of a, a Top Gun remake. They were delivering all the right lines. It was like a dogfight. Um, they were t- cutting it together with the music, and then they, they were all singing at the end. It was really good. Um, I, was ver- I was just very impressed by the, the sort of the cinematography and that Tom Cruise wanted to spend quite so long mucking about for Channel 4's Formula 1 coverage. But I suppose he's got a film to promote, and he probably quite likes the driving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did. I recorded it on Channel 4. Mm. And I was late to watch it, so I was fast forwarding the build up, uh, okay. and I hit play for a second, and they were singing "You've Lost That Loving Feeling," <laughs> yes, which yep. I dislike, so I just kept, kept fast forwarding. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, that, sorry, that was at the end of it. Sorry to our friends that I know love that song, but <laughs> I think it's because they sing it so often. I perhaps yeah. dislike it. So That's I just fast-forwarded it, but maybe I'll watch it back. I didn't delete the recording, so... Yeah, for context, we are of a friendship group who is known to dress up in Top Gun outfits for a night out, and some of them do enjoy a good sing-song. Yeah, I've got the Top Gun outfit, I just don't do the singing. <laughs> I think that's about everything, unless you've got anything else, or I've forgotten something. Well, I did some mechanics work. Oh, yes, you did. Old Ed China, eh? And I... S- I fixed something. Yay. <laughs> I, I, I had these three weddings which involved doing a thousand miles of driving and mm. using my car and filling it up with people and bags and stuff. And at the first wedding, I had the ABS light come on. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, it wasn't just the ABS light. It was ABS, uh, traction control. Oh, it was full Christmas tree, wasn't even it? Even the handbrake. Yeah, it was full Christmas tree. <laughs> And I, I I drove out of this wedding venue and it was on like a private road out of a yacht club and it had mm. been raining. And I thought, well, I'll just try the brakes. Mm. And I hit the brakes and just carried on. Oh, like, no. oh, yeah, the ABS <laughs> is definitely not working. Um, my friend luckily had an uh, OBD reader, plugged it in, mm-hmm. cancelled the fault. It was left rear ABS sensor. Mm-hmm. Managed to get the car home fine. And then the next time I started it, the lights came back on. Right. So I looked up the fault, researched it online, mm-hmm. got out the Haynes mm-hmm. manual, went and bought the part for 45 quid. Yep. And I went out on my drive, jacked it up, took the wheel off, changed over the ABS sensor, and I was absolutely chuffed with myself. <laughs> the way you were listing those actions, you're waiting for something to go wrong, but it worked. Yeah, I felt like and at the time well. it was more complicated than it sounded because I had to kind of mm. get under the whole kind of 
assembly at the back there and get into some yeah. awkward positions to undo some awkward parts and you know every, uh, my mechanic friend was like it's probably going to be stuck in there about to wiggle mm-hmm. it and wiggle it and wiggle it and eventually got it out swapped it over plugged it all back in you know in that moment when you put it all back together dropped it back to the floor and you put the key in for the first time you're like mm-hmm. please please <laughs> and that was the week that england had got into the euro final yeah, and I think I was more excited about fixing the car than I was about <laughs> that. But, but my mate, there's quick... the jeopardy, isn't there? There's double jeopardy of is it still broken or is it more broken, mm. or by some miracle is, is it, it fixed? This is it. I thought, Christ, or even though I thought if, if this isn't the right thing to do, I've just spent yeah. forty five quid on a new bit. I didn't need to. And then you have to explain that to the person who you inevitably pay to fix it. Yeah, <laughs> you might have made it worse. Well, my friend at QuickFit told me that if I'd have gone in with the car and they'd mm. have done a read-it and changed the part yeah. and everything, he said it would have cost about 150 quid. Mm-hmm. So I've saved 100 quid there and yep. got a lot of satisfaction out of it. Yeah, definitely. And knowledge. Now you know to do that again. Yep. I hope you don't, but... So I was, was it, I, I sent a few people that meme of Top Gear saying we were ambitious yeah. but successful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm sure any mechanic out there is like, yeah, we do like 20 of those a day. But hmm. I was happy. It took me about an hour. took me time. Good. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. Used all my tools. An hour well spent. Yeah, it was Those good. tools are painful the themselves. On. Had the radio on. Lovely stuff. Larry. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's about it, really. Yeah, good. Um, so I wanted to pull you up on saying that you were at a wedding and someone had an OBD reader with them. Was that the groom? Because I have a feeling he's no. the kind of man who would have an OBD just with him at his own wedding. He would. He would. Well, he his wedding car was a Triumph Spitfire that he's been restoring mm-hmm. with his dad, and I think it. it the whole point was we're going to restore it for the wedding and bless him that yeah. car. I think it was running on about three pots and. <laughs> oh, is it a bit lumpy? But, but, they just drove down the road and stopped and he jumped in his dad's BM. Ah, uh-huh, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it wasn't the groom. It was another friend of ours. But these, uh, um, it was one of them like app-connected OBD readers that you've oh, probably yes. got advertised yeah, to on Instagram. <laughs> and Not yet, but I will now. They've heard me talk. You will, yeah. And that you plug them in <laughs> and they connect to your phone. to your phone, yeah. And I, I think with um, VAG group cars, yeah. it's all the same language, certain, isn't it? You can do certain customizations through that, mm. so you can change how things work on the car. Yeah. I'm not quite sure of any examples. Maybe like the interior lights or something. You can yeah, you, you can, can you can reprogram stuff, yeah and yeah, unlock yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like jailbreaking so, an iPhone. You can do all sorts. Yeah, that sort of thing. So yeah, a friend of ours had one. Luckily, mm. just give me a quick reading, and that was all. I took took that away. I was like, okay, rear left, <laughs> ABS sensor. <laughs> And then just gambled on it. I, I did ask another mechanic to come over with his reader, but he never mm. did. So I just gambled. I was like, okay, I'll just go with what that one said and see yeah. if it fixes the problem. And it did. Very good. I think that probably is everything now, is it? Or are there more sort of... Oh, R- R- Rupert has just arrived. Club Tropicana. Is that some Club Tropicanas? They weren't Excellent. free, though. They weren't £6. free. £6.85. eighty five for a Club Tropicana. What was the welcome to? Anyway, sorry for that rude interruption. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I don't live in London anymore. <laughs> Back in my so, day, Club Tropicana, the drinks are free. Although there was probably enough fun and sunshine for everyone today. <laughs> That's true. Lots of uh, yeah, lots of fun in the sunshine. But six eighty five. I imagine, 
All that was missing was the C. Absolutely. And on that whimsical note... (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm named after George Michael, so... All right. (laughs) Don't know where to go with that. Right, well, um, that is indeed an episode. Um, I hope this one works. Keeping my fingers crossed, and I'm going to save it many, many times. Can you save this one? Yes, I will. Yep, yep, yep. That was the mistake. It wasn't the mistake. The mistake was not checking, and and then indeed finding out that it was corrupt before I uploaded it. So, yes, I will check everything. And, um, yep, thank you very much for listening. Sorry we're a bit late this time around. Um, But if you've liked what you've heard, do please... um, give a star rating on whatever app you listen to your podcast on write a review if you'd be so kind that really helps um bring us up the the charts and we'll be we'll be overtaking johnny smith and richard porter in no time i'm sure yeah we'll be um, what was it steak lollies unintended steak lolly unintended and, steak lolly in their party. um what was what was the other one? Oh no i, I can't remember something about a knife shortage anyway thank you very much and yes. we'll be back next time <laughs> Yeah, thanks to and thanks to everyone that always messages and, and tells us how much they enjoy it. It's, it's always nice to hear. So thank you. Yeah, it means a lot, and we'll speak to you next time.